The following interview is with incumbent mayor Brianna Lungo Kern. Information for the intro was taken from Brianna's campaign website as well as the City of Medford website, which are both linked in the show notes for further reading. In 2001, Brianna decided to run for city council and won a seat at the age of 21, at that time serving as the youngest city councillor in Medford's history. With a bachelor's in criminal justice and psychology, Brianna went on to get a law degree and open her own law practice in 2009. During her time as a city councillor, among many other accomplishments, Brianna helped start the first high school girls hockey team in Medford's history. She also fought for important community programs focused on uplifting underserved children and families. After serving nine terms on city council, Brianna was elected mayor and sworn into the office as the 32nd mayor of Medford on January 5th, 2020. During the past 18 months, Brianna has led the city through the COVID-19 pandemic while continuing to plan new ways for the city and school system to grow and change through the launching of a new comprehensive plan, upgrading and renovating more than 30 parks and open spaces, and creating a social justice roadmap. Brianna is now running for her second term as mayor. All right, Brianna, thanks so much for joining me today. Um, before we start out uh, talking about your campaign, I've been asking everybody kind of their favorite place to eat in the city um, and what they like to order there. <laughs> I'd have to answer a few things. I think for breakfast, I love to go to Magnificent Muffin. They have gluten-free, dairy-free, bacon, egg, and cheese sandwiches that are my favorite. So somebody in our office will always pick it up once a week for the staff. Um, I love a good haddock marinara from Bocelli's or um, Buckachuck from Carol's. They also have a great lobster roll. So those just to name three, but there's just so many great places to eat in Medford. That's nice. That's good to know about the dairy-free at Magnificent Muffin. I'm always looking for that. Yes, <laughs> cool. dairy-free butter. So yeah, it's oh, like, nice. it's all, yeah. delicious. Awesome. Well, thank you for that. Um, so yeah, I know you've been really busy. It sounds like, I don't know how all of you guys get to all the different things, the events for your campaigns. Um, but I just come kind of curious to hear kind of what's, what's kind of leading you to to run again for mayor, but also just sort of your path to how you arrived at local politics. And in the intro, we talked about you were very young when you started out, so I'm always interested to hear about you know, your motivations there. <laughs> yeah, I was 20 and in college at Endicott s studying when I decided to run for city council. It was just something I brought up to my father and mother um, because he was a local business owner. He knew the players. It would always be on TV. and. I, you know, over time noticed that it was really no younger representation and barely any female representation. So at a crazy young age, I decided that I was going to take a shot. And once we did, it was early on in the in this campaign season. And we just worked really, really hard going door to door. Um, probably gave out about over 60,000 brochures to get elected that first time. And luckily it, it happened. And then I just continually kept getting more involved in different issues and kept saying, I think this might be my last term, but then I would just get more and more involved. And especially when I had kids, um, I wanted to be part of, you know, city government to know what was going on within our city and in our school system. And that's kind of what led me to run for mayor. I never, I never expected it. Even if people would ask at, when I was younger, I would say it's not, a, not my plan, but if the city, I feel the city needs me, then I, I, I would do it. Um, and I think probably three of the 
biggest issues at the time were first and foremost everything that happened at the school at the McGlynn school with the loaded gun magazine mm -hmm. and it was thrown away and then covered up and I mm -hmm. kind of was the one that people came to and trusted and to this day I've kept those people confidential but in the end we were able to change the administration um, we have a wonderful principal there now who's doing a great job and ironically my daughter you know went there the year mm -hmm. after so um, also, you know, development within the community, it was just kind of always who you know, and certain players would be able to come into Medford and develop sometimes almost whatever they wanted to mm. the point where our Zoning Board of Appeals would shut the door on residents and mm. at one time voted for a 500 unit project behind closed doors mm. and then the board, most of the board ended up resigning. Um, so it was, you know, pre got pretty involved in the development aspect and then we have a lot of city maintenance issues that need to be um, tackled and at the time was a lot of our, our fire station needs and the fact that we were real I was really pushing for a combined police and fire station and um, just didn't happen and you know a number of things were, were going on so I over the holidays people were pushing me in the fall so then over the holidays that year I my husband and I really discussed it in depth because we had three young children and mm -hmm it turned into can we really should we do this can we do this is it right for our kids at, at the end of the week or two it turned into we, we need to do this for our kids yeah. and that's ultimately especially the you know the situation at the schools um, is what kind of pushed me pushed me to run for mayor and I did it for the right reasons I did it for not only the kids and the students and the teachers but um, for families and um, just to try to make Medford a better, you know, a better place yeah. all around yeah. and do the right thing always, you know, I just, everybody should be afforded all the opportunities and that goes from age, you know, infants to big time developers, you know, everybody should have the same opportunities, things should be done fairly to the book legally and I just, um, that's kind of what, what my focus is, you yeah. know, that and making sure I always listen and act and respond. Um, I think that's kind of what people have appreciated over the last, especially yeah. the last 20 months, just being responsive, being more transparent and communicating as much as we can out to the public as possible. Yeah, I know, and I appreciate that sort of, I've been hearing a lot about change and like people's like thoughts about change and change being kind of, it can be slow and incremental. And one of the things that I talk about in the intro for you is the girls hockey team at the high school and thinking about how like what we do in it today is like really going to impact our kids you know like our the future generations yeah um, and so it's funny my mom actually I played lacrosse in high school and college my mom had started the team at my high school and so you know I really like that forward thinking about what we want for the future is like something I, I've been thinking about a lot in these interviews and and I wonder sort of um, in a second term what your sort of like top priorities would be for a continued change yeah I um, and just to touch on the, the hockey um, program, I s worked with a number of families that had y young um, girls that wanted to play hockey and have the same rights as boys did playing mm -hmm. hockey for our high school. And that was before I even had kids. I, that was before I even knew my husband. And ironically, now my daughter, who's in fifth grade, is on two hockey teams, Medford and the Americans. And I'm hoping one day she'll play for the high school. And we have great news. And I don't know, even know if it's been shared yet, <laughs> but we have uh, 
U.S. star who li who's from Medford, Brittany Lanzilli, who just got the coaching job at the high school. Oh, so we have a new cool. coach there who's going to be doing great things. Um, we're thankful for all the past coaching that has gone on at the high school, but pretty exciting times yeah. right now. Awesome. Um, so your question with regards to, you know, the plans and why I'm running for a second term, I think the most challenging, toughest part of the last 21 months has been COVID, and mm -hmm. we've spent a lot of time on COVID, um, making sure, that, again, that we communicate and are transparent, and that we're, my job turned into making sure people were healthy and safe mm -hmm. um, and sane, in, in a way, because mm -hmm. mental health is, is such an issue, especially now. So mm -hmm. through it all, with the help of the Board of Health and the superintendent and the school admin and all we've done to make sure testing, we've been testing our students and got them back safely, as well as our admin. Um, we on the city side have done a lot of planning. Mm. Um, the first year, especially 2020, we, we took to plan and we've started to implement those plans, but there is just still so much more to do. Mm. So some of the focusing we did was on our parks. We have 35 eight park projects that we're working on. Mm -hmm. Just did a grand opening for the five tennis courts at Duggar Park. Today was supposed nice. to be Barry and Playstead, um, but we had to cancel because of the weather. We did new um, basketball courts there. We have the, this is your neck of the woods, we have the car park design that we're working on. We implemented um, handicap accessible tables at our uh, pond and pool. Um, so things from handicap accessible tables and chairs all the way at, up to the car park redesign is kind of what we're working on and we've already started planning for phase two and we've been um, put in I, I think about eight applications to CPA which will be just improvements you'll see over the over the next year year and a half um, we've done a tremendous amount of work in planning and implementation for our fire stations new roofs on some in some locations new kitchens new windows um, new bay doors, um, apparatus flooring has been redone, and we also just this week picked our design consultant, our OPM, for a potential new fire headquarters, which is exciting, and it's just something I want to I see um, get, get done. We also took a year to assess our streets and sidewalks, and that was released, that plan was released over the summer, so we are actively trying to crack sale the 95 streets that need to get crack sealed so that they don't fall into disrepair where you mm. need millions of dollars to um, fix one street and and through that we've learned we have 175 million dollars worth of work to do on our streets alone and that that doesn't even include like the water and sewers and sidewalks yeah. uh, we have over 30 million worth of work to do on our sidewalks and I just want to be on the forefront and trying to plan and get and get that done so mm. Thankfully, we have some of the opera money that we'll be able to use on water and sewer and street infrastructure. Um, but there's there's just so much more to do. Um, we've also did our first ever comprehensive six-year capital improvement plan that we've already started um, implementing. We have another five years to go. Yeah. We've worked on a comprehensive master plan. We're about at least a quarter ways through that, and that's going to help. Um, it's a community-driven process where we want community input for to create a vision for Medford for 10, 30 years down the road so yeah. that we know where, what people want, where they want it, and what to tell developers and, yeah. and how, to, how to reagent our city yeah. it, that, that will benefit everybody from 
vitality to inclusiveness. Yeah. Um, we want to we want to work on that to get it done. So um, that w we we were able to start with our new office of planning, development, and sustainability, which was a merge that we decided to do early on in in the term with energy environment and the Office of Community Development so that there's a environmental lens on everything we do and it's worked and it's um, going going great. Um, and I, I could probably keep going, but yeah. we also, for the first time in 2020, when I was, after I was inaugurated, the, one of the first things we did was create a human resource department. Mm. So Medford had never had human resources oh. and that's something that a city of our size needs so badly and we were able to start that from scratch, implement uh, policies and procedures and we have, we have a lot more to do. Mm. You know, there's some, I always say there's 95 to 99% of amazing employees out there, but there's some that we just need, some people we need to hold accountable in mm -hmm. order to get things done, and mm -hmm. we're doing that work, and we, we have more yeah. more we want to accomplish and more we want to do to make sure everybody's just working hard and getting things done for our community. Yeah, you mentioned um, community input in some of this planning. What's the best way for the community to give input? We always are checking our emails, but for example, the comprehensive master plan, we made sure that we not only are doing surveys that we love people to fill out, mm. we have an interactive map on the website where mm. you can go to a certain area and plug in your thoughts. Um, and people seem to, that's the number one thing um, people seem to, to love, just that interactive map. Mm. Um, we also are trying to get community booths at you know, the Oktoberfest and any type of events we do. There's been car park um, tables so that people can give their input. There's been the comprehensive plan that we're really trying to push out. So contacting anybody on our staff, going on our website, medfordmass.org, um, there's always ways, always surveys that can be filled out, always ways to get involved. Yeah, yeah. And we got even the composting that we brought in a composting program to Medford to make it affordable for our residents. and. Mm -hmm. That was like something like 900 people filled out a survey, which is right. we're getting yeah. like 900 to 1,000 people filling out different surveys, um, including our parking. We're br bringing parking enforcement in house, which everybody's excited about, yeah. and that that input, um, whether it be the community meetings or surveys, just hi high, yeah. you know, highly. Um, Many people were were involved, and we want to just continue that. And yeah. you have many more community meetings planned for a number of different things we're working on. Yeah. So, it seeing that, yeah, seeing yeah. that all get followed through is something I'm, a, I'm really excited about, and I yeah. want to be part of. And I want to just continue to hire the right people to do the right jobs based on you know experience, and that's the way you can move a community forward. And sure. I, I see that as being a difference of yeah. that I'm trying to make. It sounds like a lot of changes you've put in motion that you hope to continue sort of to work towards the, you know, the end result that you're hoping for there. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And still so, so much more to do. Like this morning I was reviewing um, public art that we're going to put at Leconte Rink, you oh. know, so just like just like we did at the pool. And um, I'm excited to, to continue, you know, the hard work. It, it, every day there's something new. There's always like four or five or six different emergencies that need to be tended to or fires to put out, but I love the job. I mm. love helping people. I love um, 
trying to solve problems. I love even just being responsive, and it seems that people appreciate that, even if you're not giving them the exact answer mm -hmm. they want to hear. Yeah. But just people are just happy that there's somebody um, in the mayor's office that's re being responsive, and that, as my whole staff will tell you, just community um, responsiveness and c customer service are just yeah. top priority. That's definitely been my experience. I feel like, you know, I, I haven't lived in Medford my whole life, but I feel like I, when I think about city government and, and, like, politics, it all feels very inaccessible to me, but it's been, like, really cool to see, like, you, you've been very responsive, like, in reaching out to email. A lot of the other city councilors and school committee members have been, like, really accessible, which I feel like is, is really great. And, like, I don't know that that's all cities' experiences with city government, so. Yeah, I'm glad, I'm glad to hear it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's some great people in politics yeah. here and great people working for us. Yeah, they definitely. work really hard and um, go above and beyond what you, yeah. you, know, you could ask for, so. Yeah, and you mentioned the public health, or the, yeah, the health department earlier, and I had heard about a program that was implemented during COVID. Is Are You Okay? Is that what it's called? Yes, actually. Um, that came, that's a funny story that came out of um, a mutual friend of ours, Sarah. Oh. Sarah and I were talking right when the pandemic hit and she was part-time. <laughs> and I said, Sarah, we need to make sure that our seniors are okay. Yeah. She's like, I know, we do, we do. <laughs> I said, we should create, you know, we should get volunteers to call and make sure all our seniors are okay. Yeah. And she's like, yeah, yeah, we, we should do that. So then, you know, it got brought to the Board of Health and the Prevention and Outreach Office. and. Mm -hmm and between Sarah and Brooke and Penny and Marianne and myself and, and then the hundreds of volunteers we were able to assemble, we called over 11,500 seniors ages 65 and over, many of who needed food to be delivered, many needed you know medication to be delivered, and um, also just some that just needed mental health help because of the isolation. Mm -hmm and some that just would ask the volunteers to give them a call once a month or once a yeah. week and they and they did these wow. volunteers went above and beyond some calling 50 to 100 people some calling hundreds of our seniors to just check in and i yeah. think that that went a long way yeah yeah I, I feel like the term that we were using was social distancing in the beginning of covid like it really like that to me is a social connection right a, a real opportunity to build community and i feel like that's um something that I think I took away from being the pandemic, like the community kind of felt like it came together in a way and that yeah. I think it didn't have to go that way, but it did. And like, so I don't know, I, I try to think about like physical distancing versus social distancing and that, that feels like a real, like I have a, I have a friend in the health department, Alicia Legambia. Oh she, yes, Alicia, yeah. yeah. And she was like, you know, telling me about the program and like it seemed like a creative solution to maybe some of the work that was less successful because of COVID, but to really create that opportunity. It's really cool. I feel like we don't, yeah. we haven't heard enough about that program. But <laughs> no, <laughs> I know great. people, yeah. people who, even people who volunteered just, just loved it. We were able to get, like I said, hundreds of volunteers through that. And then we also increased our emergency medical response team. Um, my even my husband and I just signed mm -hmm. up to and we'll get emails when when volunteers are needed. Um, so yeah, it went it went a long way. And between that and the robocalls that I made sure I did once or twice, mm -hmm. um, you know, once a week or every other week, just to keep people informed. I, I feel like that's what I hear most from our seniors. Mm -hmm. They're just so happy to have been. They, f they felt felt good knowing the city cared about them. Mm -hmm. And I'm proud. I'm proud of the program. And it's I can't take. It was you know my idea with Sarah, but I can't take credit it all because th we couldn't have done it without yeah. volunteers and our staff that just worked around the clock to make yeah. it happen. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, so you talked a little bit about like the way that your plans that, that you've started to implement and work on are including sort of this lens of equity, but I wonder if you have thoughts about equity, like how to make Medford more equitable in the future. Yeah, I think we've made great strides, um, but we have a lot more to do. We've um, about a year, maybe 14 months ago, we put out a social justice roadmap mm. that, that kind of outlined everything we've been doing, everything we are working on and that we plan on doing. And, and with that, we also had a few, two community conversations just to hear about people's lived experiences because I think that's how you um, gain the knowledge to know what is needed in our community. So with that and also our municipal vulnerability preparedness grant work that we're doing, we actually have liaisons going out into the community in, in trusted locations to, to learn about what, what people need. And we've worked a great deal on food insecurity and housing um, needs, especially during the pandemic. Mm. Um, but there's a lot more work to do. One of the main priorities I want to work on, and I actually just sent a woman an email today, is with the ARPA funding, I really want to try to get somebody in our communications team that can translate in different languages, mm. because I think knowledge is power and getting more people involved in everything we do mm. is is a powerful thing and something that we we need to work on. Mm. So we were able to get the translation line item finally approved in the fiscal year 22 budget. And that's that's probably the number one thing I, I want to work on in the next couple months, just getting somebody that can translate every as much as we push out information-wise in the, especially the three different languages that are mm. spoken other than English in, in this community. So we get people involved yeah. in our comprehensive plan and find out what, what the needs are of our community so we can shape um, our planning going forward. Yeah, great. Yeah, thank you yeah. for that. Um, so you've talked about, I think, you know, you've been a resident of Medford for a long time and your whole life, right? Is that right? Yeah, my whole <laughs> life. Born and raised, <laughs> yeah. yes. Yeah, and so um, you've had different sort of interactions with the community, like in, as it, in those different roles. I wonder if you could say kind of like what you most appreciate about this community or, you know, what, you know, what it is that you, that's like keeping you connected. I just, I think it's the people and the diversity of, of what we are here in Medford. I think, you know, I get a lot of complaints all the time, but knowing what, like I said, our employees work on on a daily basis, and then knowing we have volunteers and people that are willing to step up no matter what they're asked. You know, we have finally, um, we implemented last week our 19th mini food pantry and at the, at the vocational school. And throughout this pandemic, we've increased that number to 19, and everybody, it seems that everybody's stepping up to, yeah. to fill those pantries. Every So many people stepped up for the RUOK program. Mm. We have volunteers that um, serve on boards and commissions, and it's never a problem getting people to help out. Mm. We just had, I think, three or four community members out of the just wanting to volunteer, step up and read seven lengthy applications for an OPM for our fire headquarters. <laughs> and wow. I, I just had to ask, yeah. you know, and I, they're educated, you know, they have other things to do, you know, <laughs> just people who are really busy and they're still willing to help out. So I think just not only our diversity, and but it's just everybody wanting to work together for, you, you have that percent that are you know, loud and upset but the majority uh, almost this whole this almost this whole community is willing to help a neighbor help mm. a friend um, get involved and do great things so that we can just yeah. 
continue to um, make this place a better place for, for everybody who lives here. Yeah, I think, and we were talking too about like future generations. I feel like it's just such a good example to perpetuate and like to show our kids, right? Like this, like we can help people, like to help people when we can, right? And like, yep. and um, yeah, I feel like it's such an important value for them to see. Yeah. Um, all right. Help and educate. I yeah. just was talking to Melanie McLaughlin from the school committee, yeah. and we're working on a, like I said, a mural for a Lacanche rink and. I made sure I sent the designs back and said, make sh I want to make sure those these are diverse. I want to make sure on many in, on every level. And what came back was a, a young girl on um, an, a piece of equipment so she could play hockey. Mm. Like and my kids were like, what what is this? What is this yeah. picture of? And I explained like, this is little girls playing hockey. Mm. How's she playing hockey? She's sitting down. My yeah. son said. I said, well, she you know we're trying to show that anybody can play at any time, and mm. she. Maybe doesn't have a you know something's wrong with her leg or she has a disability and and the awareness it brought to my to yeah. my son and um, so inclusivity on on all levels is mm. just so important. Great, yeah, thank you. All right, so now it's time for the more fun questions. Hopefully, oh good, good. <laughs> Not that yeah, these aren't fun and yeah, informative, good. but um, so if you could share something about yourself that might surprise us, I wear a lot of hats. Um, Mom, mayor, um, but probably one of my, other than being with my children, one of my favorite things to do is coach. Mm -hmm. So I've been coaching basketball for through St. Francis and St. Joseph's now for six years, seven years, and then Girls on the Run is something that I love to coach. We've been doing it for myself and about nine other coaches have been doing it for four or five years, and it's yeah. One of the best ways to give back, and this year our girls on the run team has 27 girls. Most of them are third graders. They're the cutest little peanuts, and <laughs> just being able to influence them and um, have have some fun on once or twice a week with, with our students and kids. It's probably one of the best, yeah, yeah, things I can do to give back to my own community. That sounds fun, yeah. No, and it must be cool for them to see like city officials sort of integrated in some of those their day to day stuff. Like sometimes we'll see you drive by and we'll I'll be like talk to my son and say, Hey, there's the mayor and he's <laughs> like it's just it's pretty cool, yeah. And um and my kid my daughters have always been in the program, so I d I don't even think it's anything special that I'm yeah. coaching. I always say it's Coach Aoife and um Coach Kelly ones they they only have boys mm -hmm. and they still take the time to volunteer for yeah. girls on the run and then you have coach nevers who's a teacher who just you know is always there she's been coaching with us since the start so those are the people that yeah. impress me yeah. uh, not necessarily myself who ha you know has yeah. kids in the program my daughters have benefited from it greatly and my now oldest is running on two cross-country teams because yeah. of it so when cool. I go to the middle school meets and even when they just turned in, went into sixth grade two years ago, gr our girls in the run girls got like top seven out of ten, and wow. it was just pretty awesome to see yeah. that we've helped shape, you know, running something you can pick up for yeah. life, and we've, we're helping to shape hundreds of girls' lives into the future. It's yeah. it's pretty awesome. Yeah, I'm hoping to talk to Aoife too about girls on the run on the podcast too, and it's I, it did strike me that you know she she does have two boys, and I think it's equally as important to see like 
moms that like people empower for boys to see that example of like empowering girls and the importance of having yep. that space. It's absolutely. Powerful. Yeah. But I've had two I have two girls, so I'm always saying girls can do anything boys yeah. can do. And now my little guy is seven, so now I with him having older sisters, I say, well, you can do anything girls can do because <laughs> you can do any, you know yeah. you can always try as hard as your sisters. Yeah. So some strong role models yep. from there. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Um, and so I'm wondering too about any like advice that you've re that you've received that you would pass on. Some of the best advice I've been given lately because I've spoken to a couple classes at the high school and I don't know even remember who necessarily gave me the advice, but if I can give anybody advice, it's um, try to always try to always keep your cool. Mm -hmm. I told the students that you know you're going to have tough times in life you're gonna have people that confront you or that might upset you over email or always take take a minute to take a deep breath mm -hmm. and if you need a night before you respond to that email or mm -hmm. that letter or um, or you get confronted and you say why don't we talk about this tomorrow mm -hmm. take take a few seconds or even a 24 hours to digest it to gain a calm head so that you can respond and not regret what you say mm -hmm. and, and always try to um, get your feelings feelings out the right way versus just being responsive and you know um, yeah. being s too negative or yeah so yeah. that's kind of what I've been telling people because yeah. I've been asked that question a couple times in the last couple months yeah and Zach Bears was on here too and he was he had some similar advice sort of about like what it feels like when they're when it feels like people are just in opposition to each other and like how to sort of be able to work in your role in that way when like there's when it seems like people are just kind of constantly in conflict and how to like yep. respond to somebody who's approaching you in that way right with and still be able to move forward right? yep. yeah yeah cool um so those are all the questions that i prepared for you but is there anything <laughs> that else that you want the voters to know about or anything that i haven't asked that you want to share um i always just conclude by saying i'm a email or phone call away you know i usually try to book start booking appointments n n 9 30 10 in the morning so that i can make sure i clear out all my email mm -hmm. all, as much as i can before mm -hmm. bef just to start my day off right <laughs> and uh, in between meetings i'm checking email like i, d I don't take a lunch break unless mm -hmm. you know i i eat while i'm <laughs> responding to residents and i try to respond to phone calls um even sometimes i'll tr i try to in Taken all the information. If I go out for a walk and somebody stops me to with a, with an issue or a concern, like sometimes I mm. won't even remember to respond right away to being approached. But a month later, I'll say, I, you know, I have to I have to continue to work on that. Or I, I need. I remember so and so said this was an issue. I have to, you know, like, yeah. I just try to take everything in and always, you know, do the right thing. Yeah. 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 So email is a good way to get in touch with you. That's email's good, good. Yeah. yep, email's <laughs> good, um, and I'm trying to be as responsive as I can. Yeah, I know, yep. it's much appreciated. Thanks. <laughs> right, well, thanks so much for coming on, and yeah. good luck next week. Thank you, I appreciate <laughs> it, six more days, <laughs> we got this. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for listening to this interview. A link to the campaign website is listed in the show notes. For any feedback or questions about the podcast, please email medfordpod at gmail.com. You can also subscribe and rate the podcast on Spotify and follow the podcast on Instagram at medfordbytespodcast. That's M-E-D-F-O-R-D-B-Y-T-E-S 
P-O-D-C-A-S-T, for updates about upcoming episodes and other announcements. Thank you to all who have supported this podcast, but especially to my wife, Brittany. Guys, what's the name of the podcast? Never Bites! Never Bites! <laughs> Good dog.